My name is Nathan Gossman. I am 10 years old. Today is December 31st, 2020, and I'm speaking with Grammy, who is my grandmother. I am recording this interview in my home in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, my name is Karen Louise Rolay Crocker. I am 75 years old, though next month I will be 76. And we will, I have the list of topics that Nathan has given me. So I can start with that. Okay, so Number, I ask you, what okay. was your childhood like? I was very happy as a child. I loved my parents very much. However, my growing up was unusual. And I am going to, I'm going to say, why was that? And I will talk about my mother, my father, and my two sisters, and you'll begin to see why my growing up was unusual. My mother, her name was Ruth Sanders Hatfield. She was extremely organized. She had gotten straight A's in school, and she made lists for everything that would happen in our house. We had a blackboard in the kitchen, and that's where you found out what was going on. She also taught modern dance. She had become a modern dancer before she had children, and she taught us modern dance. And so we learned to bend and run and jump, and we were very good at what we were doing. She also wanted us to dance about stories that we knew and also about poetry. So uh, the names of some of the dances we did was one was called Ublek. It was a book written by Seuss. And it was, we had to be, get stuck to everything because the Ublek came down from the sky. And so that was what the dance was about. Another one was Alice in Wonderland. There was a character called, that I played, which was called the White Knight. And the White Knight kept falling off his horse. He wasn't very good at what he did. So he kept falling off his horse. Another one that I chose to do because I liked the book was Mary Poppins. I was Mary Poppins and I was, had gloves on and a hat on and I was very exacting about everything. Um, another one was an E.E. E. Cummings poem called Spring is Like a Perhaps Hand. And that poem is about spring coming and it's like maybe going to come and maybe not. And it's a very nice poem. So we kind of planted flowers in between the cracks. They were fake flowers in between the cracks in the stage to show spring coming like a perhaps hand. We also did dancing to songs and medieval music. So those were lots of fun. I did a lot of performing when I was young. I also learned to play the violin and the viola, and we always played in the orchestras too. She had us make things also. Like one year we made popcorn and cranberries on the tree, and then other days, other times for Christmas, we made decorations. So the other thing I really loved about my mother was she would sit down at the kitchen table with her cup of coffee and she would talk to you. So she wanted to know how you felt about things and what was going on. And that was very helpful for me. 
Uh, so if you're interested in any pictures, you need to look at the family tree on Ancestry. It's the Hatfield Sanders family tree on Ancestry and you will see pictures of her dancing there that I have put on. My father, he worked in San Francisco. He lived, we all lived in Berkeley, California. I hadn't mentioned that, but we lived in Berkeley, which was across the bay from San Francisco. He loved photography and he loved nature. And he had gotten a PhD in mammal, what's called mammalogy. So he was highly educated. He made, he loved photography and nature. So during World War II, he started making educational movies. One of them was called Molly Grows Up. And I saw it in school. They, people bought it in school districts all over the country. And you can still find it on YouTube. If you're ever interested in finding that movie, it's on YouTube. He was a musician. He loved music. He played songs for us on the guitar. And in addition, he made most of the furniture in our house. Cabinets, coffee table, our desks in our rooms, and he could always fix things. My sisters, I, believe it or not, had a twin and we were identical. So what is it like to have a twin? People always thought it was a great thing. It was in some ways, but the problem was nobody knew your name. They would say, are you Susie? That was her name. Or are you Karen? And that was my name. So they never could figure out which twin we were. So my mother was very concerned about this. So she made us dress in much different clothes so that we would look different and she encouraged us to be different because she saw that that would be a problem if we couldn't become individuals. By the way, both my mother and my father were only children. So they had expected when they had a child to have one child and that was going to be the only child they had. But guess what? They had twins instead. So then they decided to have a third child and that was Patty. Now I should mention as a twin, it was one good thing about being a twin is you always have somebody around to talk to. You don't have to ever be alone because you've always got your twin there. Okay, so my sister Patty was uh, very good in music and but she always got us into trouble. We would do something and my parents would say, what have you done? And so she was always thinking up things to do. I lived on a block called Etna Street and we had lots of friends there and neighbors and we played in everybody's backyards. When we had friends, we played in backyards. We walked to school. It was only four blocks away and so that was pretty easy to do. And we had a pretty big house, um, which we could do a lot of things in. And we had two cats named Taylor. One was named Taylor because he had a tail because the other cat just had a short tail and we called him red because he was red colored. We, I loved books. I loved fantasy stories. I loved songs. By the way, we had no radio in our car. So anytime we would go any place, we would sing songs because we had no radio to listen to, which was fine. That was more fun anyway. So we would sing coming round the mountain, 
My body lies over the ocean, St. James Infirmary, the man on the flying trapeze, and that was, there were lots more. Whatever, we, we knew lots of songs. Um, and at for my childhood, I loved making things. I learned to sew in sixth grade. I learned to sew from a friend of my mother's and I made myself a skirt to wear to school. So even in sixth grade, I was wearing clothes that I had made. And I, my mother also sent me to an art class, which I did a lot of clay work for. We never had a lot of money. We had enough, had a lot of money. The other thing that's important about my childhood was we spent summers away from home. We sent, spent them in Inverness by Tamales Bay and um, also went to Drake's Bay and went to visit the Pacific Ocean. And I learned to swim very well. And I learned to sail very well. And I loved exploring the hills and mountains in that place. So that's pretty much my childhood. Nice childhood. Yes. How would you like to be remembered? Well, I have so many interests. And I think a lot of that is, is uh, probably, I would like to be remembered about a lot of the things I did and places I went. I have a lot of college education. And so if you wanted to have a memory of all my colleges, it is Scripps College, Southern California, New York University, which I didn't finish, but I went there, Bank Street College, which was an educational college in New York, University of Michigan, where I got my master's in landscape architecture. And that's the profession that I pursued for many years. Uh, let's see, I got a master's there. I, I got, also got the highest honor award from uh, the American Society of Landscape Architects when I graduated. I got the highest award in my class. Um, let's see, so then I got a job. First, I was a park planner in the county where I lived in uh, Washtenaw County, was park planner there. And then I came to University of Arkansas and taught landscape architecture for over 20 years in Arkansas, where I live now. I taught landscape history. I taught a lot of different design courses. And I retired finally. I, I started in Arkansas in 1985. And I finally retired in 2006. So those are my years teaching at the University of Arkansas. After that, I worked in mapping for land preservation for Fayetteville Natural Heritage Association. And I wanted to quote, because they gave me an award for that, and I wanted to quote what they said about it. This was something they wrote on my award. For championing land use planning and conservation efforts that are translating across Northwest Arkansas. She has demonstrated the passion to overcome obstacles, to move forward when others grow weary, and to not only complete the undertaken task, but produce an outstanding product. That was very nice of them to write that. Okay, so as far as what I'd like to be remembered as a creative person, I think that's a good, good statement, short statement. That's the end of that question. 
What is your favorite memory of me? Okay, um, it's not just one. There's quite a, there's about three or four memories that I really love. Okay, you as can baby, say all of them. I can say all of them, okay. Uh, as a baby, I remember you lying in your mother's arms in the big red chair in the corner when you lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I remember that. You were such a sweetie. And I remember you getting a little bike that was wooden and you would ride that bike to the park and we would go up the several blocks to the park and you'd be going along in this little red, no, not, sorry, this little wooden, wooden uh, bike. And you were good at it. And I remember the day you learned to walk and your mother wasn't even there. You walked from the, you got up and you held onto the couch in the living room and you launched yourself out toward the window because you wanted to get to the window so you could see the trucks go by. That's what you wanted to see. So you managed to walk yourself all the way across to the window. And then you turned around and you walked back to the couch. It was very impressive. Wow, first time you walked. And then I also remember you playing out in the snow because you got a lot of snow and you love to be in the snow. So that was fun. Uh, okay, so later, when you got older and you moved close to me in Arkansas, what I really loved about it was when you built things with hundreds of blocks. Oh my goodness. Some were made by my husband, Thurman. Every time I came over, there was something new to see that you had built. And it was an airport, or it was a building, or it was a tower, or it was roads with cars. It was lots of different things, and that was really fun. Every time there was something new to see. The other thing, the last thing is that I think my favorite memory is for you telling jokes and your love of words and your love of stories. So that's number three, what's favorite memory of you? Okay, what were your grandparents like? Um, okay, so my grandparents, I got to know them really well actually because they only lived a half an hour drive from us. So they, they we could go there to Lafayette, California from Berkeley on the highway and it was only half an hour drive. So that was great. Um, so my mother's parents, like I said, she was the, our only child. Grandpa Sanders had a name like you. His name was Nathan Edwin Sanders. So your name is Nathan. So you got his name. And he used to be called in later years, N.E. You would call him, people would call him N.E., Nathan Edwin. That's what he did. He had a, the things that I learned from him was he had a lot to say about his family and growing up on a farm in Iowa, Grinnell, Iowa was where he had grown up. When you asked him a question, you had to talk really loudly because he couldn't hear very well. So you just learned when you talked to your grandpa, you really had to yell. Amazingly, he lived to 106 and everybody liked him. They just really liked him. He was that kind of guy.
My grandma, he was married to, her name was Grandma Louise Hopkins Sanders. Now, I got his, her name. My middle name is Louise. I got her name. Hopkins, your mother got her middle name from my grandma and my great-grandma, grandpa. Hopkins was the name. Um, she was rather quiet, but she was a very good sewer of clothes. So she had sewed clothes for my mother and she sewed clothes for me. And so she would, that was her kind of artistic thing that she could do was sew clothes. So that was her. Now, let's see, my father's parents, he again was an only child. Grandpa was my na name, Jesse Hatfield. That's J-E-S-S-E, -S -S -E, Hatfield. He built things. He actually taught deaf students carpentry. You can imagine that a deaf student, once they saw how to build things, you know, they could just follow the routine and build things. And so as a job, that was a very good job for a deaf person to learn. He spoke deaf language. He knew how to speak deaf language. Um, and so did my father and so did my grandmother. They all knew how to speak deaf language. Um, when I was young, we used to go to his house and all over his house were beautiful rugs that he had hooked. He had made patterns for these rugs and they were all over his house. Also, he was a very kind person. I really liked him. And um, he created a large garden on the back hillside where he had walnut trees and pear trees and apple trees and plum trees and oh my gosh, everything you can imagine. Now his wife, Grandma, Grandma Hatfield was Grandma Mabel Allen Hatfield. So her name was Mabel. Alan is a Swedish name. She had a name that was Swedish. She was an orphan, actually, which was really kind of sad. And she was an orphan. Her mother died when she was about 13, 12, somewhere around there, maybe 10. I'm not sure of her exact date. But she had been born in Sweden. She was quiet. And she always, when she came over, wanted to be part of our family. She always wanted to help and be part of our family. And so that was kind of the way she was. So uh, that's pretty much the grandparents. Let's see, what were they like? That, that, that kind of talks about what they were like. Yeah. Okay, can you tell me about someone who has had a big influence on your life? What lessons did that person teach you? Okay, um, interestingly, because uh, we were kind of a shy, well, we were kind of a family that didn't have a lot of friends that we knew or that I knew. I had friends at school, but my most influential probably people in my life were my two of my teachers, actually. One was named Mrs. Hannah, and she was a sixth grade teacher. And she was pretty, um, you know, she, she had a lot of assignments that you had to do. And when you did them, I was looking at this one booklet I kept because I loved it the best. She gave me an A minus. She never gave me, 
straight A's. This was a good grade for me. I got a check for pretty much everything that went into it, but it was a whole big notebook about Alaska. And I was just looking at it and it had categories. She taught us how to use categories and contents. And so I had a category called history and I had a category called industry and I had a category for plants and animals and I had a category for people, government, etc. And I had another category for something that I found my mother had, which were masks and figures, because of course, Alaskans did a lot of totem poles and carving and things like that. So, but those contents were a lot of pages. And um, I thought it was pretty neat. And she only gave me an A minus, but you know, I was, because I was kind of a person who wasn't totally neat in my work for school, I always got a little bit of a less grade than I might have because it was a little bit messier maybe <laughs> than, than some of the other students. There was one student there who always got an A plus. Oh, anyway, her name was Jennifer. I remember her, <laughs> but anyway, so, I, I wrote down that we learn, I learned to do research. And the thing was, I didn't have to go to the library much because my parents had bought an Encyclopedia Britannica set. And I don't know if you know what that is, but it's very, very, it was the best encyclopedia you could possibly get. I think it was pretty expensive too. So if I wanted to look up Alaska or I wanted to look up other things, I could always look it up. Now, the problem was they used big words so a lot of times I didn't know what the words were, but we had a, a um, let's see, we had a big dictionary and it was one of these dictionaries that was like three to four inches wide. And if you asked your dad what something meant, he wouldn't tell you. You had to go to the dictionary and you had to look it up. So that's what I did when I had the Encyclopedia Britannica. She taught us organization. She taught us how to write things and then she would encourage us to add maps and pictures or illustrations and that's the example I still have from her so it was very she was very taught us to do very very organized things and research and I think that was a good thing she said I'm getting you ready for junior high <laughs> that's what she used to tell us and then my other teacher that I really liked was named Mr. Felker he taught English and he taught theater and he encouraged us to go see movies, which were Shakespearean movies, which were actually available to us because we were in Berkeley, the university town. So they were showing those kinds of movies. So he put me in a play. Now I wasn't a major, I was kind of shy. So I wasn't a major part, but it was called 17 and it was written by Booth Tarkington. And I had one line. I would do all the dancing and I would do this and that. I was part of the crowd, but my one line got a laugh and I couldn't believe it. I went, oh my gosh, what I said made got a laugh. I was so encouraged. So I remember reading poems by Walt Whitman. That was one thing I remember and watching these Shakespearean movies. And he came to see some of these things I, told you we did with my mother with dancing, he came to see us. 
he came to see us do these dances and he always said I was very good at it. And he encouraged performances because that was the kind of guy he was. So those were the two people that I think, um, at least in school, really did the most for me. Okay. okay. Thank you for the interview. You're welcome. Bye.